Hello and welcome back to the Fancy Sanctuary. Today I am joined by one of the brightest minds in the Dynasty community. He is the creator and co-host of the Wildcard Dynasty, the Fancy Wildcard. He's also a contributor over on DLF. Kev, you may know him better as the Dynasty underscore GOAT. How are you doing, Kev? I'm doing fantastic, Rich. Thanks for having us on again. It's first time on Fantasy Sanctuary, but we've... Uh... We've had a few meetings in the past, haven't we? So I'm looking forward to chatting some dynasty with you tonight and uh, yeah, free agency specifically. Yeah, plenty of shows. I think what's this fourth, fourth or fifth different format in terms of yeah, Dynasty Islands, Five Yard, Wild Cards. Now, now Islands, yeah, it's, uh, it's just been crazy. I think it's double uh, double match balls now. I think <laughs> exactly, exactly that, exactly that. So as you can probably tell from the screen, we're going to be diving into some free agency review. This is going to be kind of a, a winners and losers of free agency. Talk through whose potentially value has changed from dynasty aspect, who's lost value, who's gained value, and 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 all things considered. Basically, we'll start at the top, Kev. The the one I guess shoe to drop pre free agency, he was potentially expected to be the better of the ball. I'll be honest, when he moved, I was a little bit shocked at how kind of under the radar it was. It sort of just snuck out. There wasn't as yeah. much hype and hoopla as I was expected. Of course, I'm talking about Derek Carr. He signed a four year, hundred fifty million dollar contract with the New Orleans Saints, hundred million guaranteed. Kev, what what do you think of the car signing? Um, I love it for for Car for the Saints. I think first of all, it looks good in black. Still, I think him, him changing into a different colour uniform would have been a bit of a shock. Um, it looks good with that guy liner he wears. But um, yeah, I think first of all, situation wise, he's a, a West Coast guy that's played in a dome or in hot climate. I think there would have been worries there if he's moving to say like uh, an AFC North or an NFC North team where the the weather is more adverse because. He's something, yeah, we will have seen clips of him playing on the road at these places, but I think for him to move to the south, uh, to the Dome as well in uh, in New Orleans, it's, it's good from that point of view. I think weapons-wise, in my opinion, he's got better weapons in uh, in New Orleans. Obviously, Devontae Adams is fantastic, but Alave is on that pathway. We've seen when Michael Thomas is available when he's on the field. He's still brilliant. He's not on the Alan Robinson curve yet. So I like those guys. Kamara's obviously fantastic when he's there. Um, tight end, Juwan Johnson, he's probably my biggest target at tight end in Dynasty this offseason. So plenty to like from that point of view. But I just think QB2, which is what is in Dynasty, all you really want in his sort of job security. And I think this deal gives him that. He's going behind guys like Kenny Pickett, Will Levis in startups, in rankings, etc. Personally, I prefer Car. I know that in terms of your strategy, you like to have differing QB2s and 3s in terms of risk, one a high ceiling, one a high floor sort of guy. But I think Derek Carr, ideal QB2 target. I think if it's any build, if you're a, a contender, rebuilder, retooler, he's very um, sort of appealing to all those um, different situations that you're in. So love it for Dynasty, love it for car owners. I think he's really safe. What do you reckon? Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think he's he's the unsexy option, isn't he? You know, when you're sitting there in a startup, as you said, he's he's going in and around a lot of these rookie guys in in current ADP and things. And I think that yeah, you you can pump for the ceiling and hope that you can you know hit lucky with one of these rookies potentially turning into someone like a Josh Allen or something like that. But actually, realistically, for every Josh Allen that turns from you know a pumpkin into a princess you've got a zach wilson that turns from a pumpkin into a pile of pulp and <laughs> you know i think that Derek carr as a quarterback in an impressive scheme as you said you laid out those weapons there's some fantastic options for him there he basically didn't change any value for me in terms of my dynasty value from when he left the raiders to when he joined the saints because i think he's just that safe unsexy qb2 i think you're almost guaranteed two years of QB2 production, which is happy days. The interesting thing is, whilst we're talking about four years, 150 million, it's actually really only two years. There's a lot of money, shock, the Saints are kicking down the road. And I don't think there's any world in which 2025 and 2026, he's playing on his current contract. 
he's potentially if he's on the team he'd have a 45 million dollar cap hit in 2025 although there's only 17 million in dead cap so they'd save an awful lot by moving on from him but in 2026 he'd have a 55 million dollar cap hit now i can't see any world in which the saints are playing him on that contract so i think it's a two-year deal and it will be a case of after two years the saints will even need to restructure give him some more guaranteed money and push some more money down the road or it could be that they move on from him at that point yeah i feel that sounds a little bit like the sean watson's deal where it's i think it's like 70 80 million or something one of the seasons with them keep sort of messing with the contract but we know what the saints like with the capital they'll, they'll find a way to make it work if they have to and um, yeah, I, I just think, yeah, four-year deal, it probably is a two-year deal in essence, but I'm only thinking two years in Dynasty. I think trying to gamble and guess what's going to happen longer than that, it's, uh, you, you're setting yourself up to fail in, in my eyes. 100%. And I think as, as much as I'm saying it's a two-year contract, I'm confident <laughs> that in two years' time, worst-case scenario, Derek Carr will find another starting job. He's a, you know, yeah, he's not a top-10 quarterback in the NFL, but I think he's definitely in that. 12 to 18 in terms of NFL quarterback. And I think he's going to be there for the next two years. So in two years' time, if the Saints did decide to move on from him for whatever reason, much like this offseason, I think he's going to find another contract. So, yeah, I've, I've got no concerns. I think he's an interesting one to go and buy because I think he's still undervalued. I think in Superflex leagues, because people are in the offseason searching for that upside, I think that a lot of these safer, boring types you know it's i i feel like i have my my rant every year about age is overrated when it comes to the quarterbacks and that's part of it i think you know russell wilson Derek carr kirk cousins there i say aaron Rodgers, geno smith that they're all massively undervalued in terms of dynasty assets because they're not sexy because they're not young because you can't sit here and say oh in five years time they're going to be a superstar but as you said earlier, sometimes you just need solid, safe production at that QB2 spot, and, and you can do an awful lot worse than a lot of those sort of guys in that range. Yeah, he's an ideal guy as well. If you're taking one of these, let's say you're taking uh, Anthony Richardson in your rookie drafts to be a QB2, or in a startup as QB2, sorry, then he's ideal to, to pair with a rookie. And, and those are those guys you mentioned around him, your, I don't know, your Genos, um, et cetera. He's got more job security in my eyes. I think Gino, I love him. I've got loads of him, so I hope nothing does happen. But yeah, if they take Richardson in the in the draft, then yeah, it's uh, it could be potentially tough for for Gino to find uh, a guaranteed starting spot. So it could be a battle, a QB battle. But um, but yeah, I do love his security, which is a huge pull for me. Yeah, absolutely. And then we're gonna have a look at some of the other free agent quarterback contracts. So there was Jimmy G signed a lesser than I think what a lot of people expected, but got some decent guaranteed money, got 35 million guaranteed. But then we've got a whole host of backups. So we'll start with Jimmy G. Kev, is he someone that you're comfortable investing in in Dynasty? Or do you think that that rug is ready to be pulled for a potential rookie or someone even better next year? Yeah, I think it, it was on the cards it was going to go and link up with Josh McDaniels again. I think there's comfort in that if you think Josh McDonald's is going to be there long-term, which it might be this season and done, which if that's the case, there isn't any ties in the building as such to, to Jimmy G. I think where he's been going in startups is his current sort of price. I think it's a fair price to be paying. I'd be happy acquiring him for what you have to pay, which is probably some sort of late second maybe to, to get him. I think the deal itself, it, it does indicate that he's going to be the starter this season, next season, and then they'll make a decision. But, but yeah, we know what we're getting with Jimmy. He was sort of a mid to low QB2 in a great situation in San Fran. So I do wonder, could he do that in uh, in Vegas? But he's got Devontae Adams. He's, uh, he's got um, Jacoby Myers as well. So, um, yeah, I think it could have been a lot worse for Jimmy. Yeah, I think he's, he's another one that we could probably throw into that undervalued aging quarterback as much as he's not as old as a lot of the guys I mentioned I think because he's unsexy he's he, you can almost guarantee he's going to be the starter all, all of this season as long as he doesn't get injured which with Jimmy G is is a big if isn't it 
Um, but I think that he's he's got some job security at least this year, hopefully next year. I think I'd be shocked. I know there's some talk that the Raiders might trade up. I'd be shocked if after handing Jimmy G 35 million guaranteed, they then trade up to to draft a rookie who could potentially sit for one, maybe two years. That seems an un-Raiders move, shall we say. They're not exactly the most cash-rich organisation. Um, so I'm not sure they're handing out loads of money to then go and trade up. So, yeah, I, I don't love him because I think that injury question mark is real. And we've seen a track record of his time. In, in San Francisco, where he basically can't stay on the field. And I think that that is something that could potentially haunt him and, and follow him across across to Las Vegas. With with any of these, okay, call them backups, call them bridge quarterbacks, whatever you want to do, is there any that, that particularly stand out? So we've got Andy Dalton signed two years, 11 million with the Panthers. You've got Baker Mayfield signing in Tampa, Sam Darnold with the 49ers, Jacoby Brissett with the... We'll call them the Washington team, and then Mike White down in in Miami. Are any of those guys someone that you think you're looking to acquire this off season? I mean, before we get into sort of the the dynasty aspect, I think Baker Mayfield in Tampa's pretty interesting. He's been in Cleveland in a run heavy offense. Um, real life point of view, he's put up some not too bad numbers in terms of sort of touchdowns to interceptions ratio, and um, he, he was. Uh, they had a pretty awesome rookie season as well, which um, I think I think if they can get him going, he could potentially be something longer than a one-year deal, especially with Evans going, etc. But that's from a real-life point of view. Dynasty-wise, I think out of that list, Jacoby Brissett is one that stands out to me as a guy that's pretty interesting. I'm not a huge Sam Howell fan as a, as a day-free guy, um, as someone that... I think personally, Washington and Atlanta with Ridder need to be aiming higher to to really make a make a stand. But but yeah, I like Brissett. I think he did a great job in Cleveland last season. He's got a little bit of dual threat ability as well. So yeah, out of that list, Brissett's going to be really cheap. I think for the people that have him and held him through sort of Watson, maybe it's an opportunity for them to cash out. But um, I do feel that he's someone that I'd be happy to hold on to, and I think he's going to have a a better sell window when inevitably it does stack against Washington this season. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love the two that you've picked out there because for me, I think Andy Dalton, I think there's some some suggestions that he could be a bridge quarterback. I'm sorry, if the Panthers are trading <laughs> up to one and then adding a bridge quarterback, I'd be shocked. I think he's nothing more than the backup moving forward. Sam Darnold, if Trey Lance gets injured, isn't fully fit for the start of the season, maybe some interest, but I think that's just a reclamation project for him to try and get, you know, some some sort of potential NFL career down the road. Mike White, okay, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm probably the it feels like the only Jets fan that's not a Mike White believer. Everybody seems to think he's Jesus, but yeah, I'm I'm not a fan. I I think that he's nothing more than the backup. Jacoby Brissett, I absolutely love. I think that he is a screaming buy at his cost. I think that the fact that you can buy him for a late second, even potentially even like two thirds, I've seen some trades on the yeah. DLF Trade Finder. He's he's screamingly cheap. If you think that Sam Howe, after being a fifth round pick and showing okay in one performance, he's going to be the starting quarterback, I've got some swamp land in Florida that I need to sell you because. <laughs> I don't believe that that Sam Howell is the answer. I think Jacoby Brissett's going to come in. And let's be honest, there's some really interesting weapons up in Washington. You know, I'm a huge John Dotson fan. Terry McLaurin is, is a very good NFL receiver. And I think that Jacoby Brissett showed last year in Cleveland that given the opportunity, given the weapons, he can produce. Now, if you're in a Superflex league and you're, you know, you've got a risky QB2, a risky QB3, and you want someone to, you know, get on the cheap maybe as your QB4 or something like that. I think Jacoby Brissett is, is screaming out uh, a buy candidate right now. And I think that the price is only going to go up as people realise that Sam Howell's not going to be the starter. And I agree with you with Baker Mayfield. I think look, if you think Baker Mayfield's going to be a superstar like he showed in his rookie year, no, he's not. But if you think he can be a, a competent starter that's going to be able to deliver the ball to some elite weapons across the field... Then yeah, I think you know, if we finish this season and Baker Mayfield was QB twenty six, twenty seven in points per game, 
I, I, I think that's based on where he's going, his current cost. I think that's fantastic. And I think that there's a potential that he could have another job next year and beyond and, and could be that kind of bridge quarterback fringe starter for the next two, three years. And, and at his cost, I think that's a really sensible buy to go and get right now. Yeah, it wouldn't shock you, would it, if Mayfield had a sort of high QB2 season, maybe QB1 over like top 12 if he plays all 17, uh, because you will find QBs that they look like they're QB1, but actually points per game, they're a QB2. But I think, yeah, Mayfield, if he was, say, QB14 on the year, I wouldn't be shocked at all. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at his last five years in the league. So he was QB18 in points per game in his rookie year. Then QB25, QB25, QB26. And okay, last year was QB20, uh, QB33. But he's around that kind of back-end QB2 with, let's be honest, far worse weapons than he's got, as he's got now in Tampa. You know, that's that's the best receiving core he's, he's ever thrown to. Yes, there's some holes on the offensive line, but I, I think that it could be a really interesting landing spot for him moving forward for, for Dynasty. And I'm I'm intrigued to, to see what comes because I don't think that the Bucks have got the draft capital or certainly any other money to go and bring anybody else in. And I'm I'm not a believer in tr- Cole Trask when, when they're trotting out Blaine Gabbert over him in the, the week that they, they rested Brady last year. I think that tells you everything you need to know about Cole Trask. They were in. <laughs> So we're going to dive across to some running backs now. Kev, when I first started listening to you back on the British Ballers, I feel like every week there was a conversation about Josh Jacobs or Miles Sanders. So are you still a Miles Sanders believer after, what are we now, three three years, four years? Yeah, I think it's one of those where after his rookie season, we had a 50, he had a 50 reception rookie year in a team that had, had just been to the Super Bowl the year before, the, the champions. I think, yeah, I was really intrigued. But then what he's put on, on the field the last few years, it has been a concern for me based on the fact that the Philadelphia O-line is top three in the league, especially run blocking. I think last season, rush yards, yeah, it was brilliant, but reception-wise, reception yards, it was it, it was absolutely terrible. And I think in terms of Sanders, in this move to Carolina, it, it all depends what story you want to tell. If it's that he's going to be the bell cow, um, Russia with limited pass game opportunity, I would worry. And I don't think he's a winner of free agency. However, I feel if he's going to be sort of used in a split backfield where he's getting the pass game work where he's allowed to sort of pick and choose and use his explosive sort of breakaway ability um, in creating yards. I think that's a lot better for him because you'll notice over his four seasons, the first three when he was sort of used more of a, of a split guy in the run game, it, it was a lot, a lot better with his yards per created and sort of the explosion. This last season, yeah, he did have fantastic rush numbers, but terms of what he created, it was a lot to do with the line and less to do with him. So I think it's really important with this type of running back he is, keep him fresh. Don't be putting too much on him. Um, I think pass game work, if we get to 50 receptions again, that's going to be massive. Um, we've seen his value rise already into the sort of top 20 at running back. I, I think my head's telling me that he is a winner because he will get more pass game work than, than sort of a Jalen Hurts-led offence. But I am also tempering expectations. The fact that if his price continues to rise, I've seen it first and he's, he's not an amazing runner when you're giving him a ton of volume. So, yeah, I'd like to see a split backfield. Maybe it will work with... It would have been good if they kept Dante Foreman, if I'm honest. But, um, yeah, we'll we'll see who else they add it into that backfield. Yeah, I, th- I think, to me, you, you've hit the nail on the head there in terms of the question mark with Mal Sanders is what receiving work is he going to get? I think that if... If we're going to go back to the Miles Sanders of his rookie year and he's going to get fed targets and, and used in the receiving game, then I think he could be the biggest winner of all of free agency and he could be an absolute fantasy star. The question is, is it has the production over the last couple of years been because Jalen Hurts doesn't check the ball down or is it because 
Miles Sanders isn't yeah. a good receiving back, and and I don't know which way it's going to go. I think the, the contract is interesting. Um, you look at that four year, twenty five and a half million. Like it looks, it looks quite juicy, doesn't it? There's only eleven million guaranteed. It's basically a two year contract. I know I keep doing this, but that's less than. Well, it's basically the Naheem Hines contract that he signed Oof, with Indianapolis. Wow. Like, it's it's not big money, let's be honest. And I think that, yes, while we're seeing running back contracts continuing to decline, it says quite a lot that he's basically signing the same contract as a guy that was replaced and then traded two, three years ago. And that, that concerns me. I think he's... he's Definitely more boom bust in terms of his dynasty value. We could be sitting here next year and he's, you know, in that Josh Jacobs conversation where he's being talked about as a fringe RB1, potential league winner. I wouldn't be shocked. I also wouldn't be shocked if we're sat here talking about him as a potential cup candidate, a player that was another free agency bust and the Panthers are going to draft somebody in 2024 to replace Mel Sanders because he's, he's not produced. I think if you're that kind of retooling in the middle of the pack, not sure whether you're rebuilding, not sure whether you can compete. Mar Sanders is the kind of player that I'd quite happily go and acquire because I think that he's got that boom bust potential and he's either going to carry you to the playoffs or he's going to blow up and probably send you back towards the rebuild. Yeah, I think you make a great point about sort of targeting running backs in this this area, this range of, of drafts, uh, because I think outside the top, we'll say five or six running backs, it gets a little bit murky for me. I think if you're doing a lot of your fishing in that sort of low running back one, high running back two, I think it's pretty dangerous. I think you reduce your risk, aim a little bit lower for someone that's got massive upside, like a Miles Sanders, like a guy going to come on to very soon in uh, David Montgomery as well. I think they're both two guys that, in my eyes, yes, they have one free agency in terms of sort of the value, but there's someone I'll be more inclined to go for um, to sort of potentially rise in value than taking someone running back 13 to 15. That's probably not going to ever make that jump into be a top six. So you, you've tipped the lead there. You've, you've mentioned David Montgomery. You can officially stab me in the heart and, you know, I can cry my tears. Let's go. David Montgomery, what, what do you think? Are you, are you a big believer then that that's a great landing spot, a great opportunity for him? I think it's a mega landing spot for him. Yeah, I think whilst I don't expect him to get the 17 rushing touchdowns that Jamal Williams got last season, that'd be absolutely mental for me to expect that. Double digits is well within his range of outcomes in an ascending uh, Detroit offense. Great line. They give him more money than Bill was offering Jamal Williams or what he's got as well. Um, I think, yes, there is DeAndre Swift there question is how long will it be there um montgomery he does get a lot of stick I, i've not been a fan of, um above consensus the fact that he's been so inefficient with his runs that Khalil herbert's looked a lot better on on his touches but montgomery's been a top five running back in a fantasy season before um i think he's going running back 24 cute trade cup there's a guy like Najee harris going running back 12 or 13. I think they're essentially the same person, but David Montgomery's now in a better situation for me than than Najee Harris. So, yeah, I think there's definitely a discrepancy there. If I had Harris, I'd easily pivot into Montgomery with uh, a lot on top. But, but yeah, love Montgomery, love landing spot. Contract's pretty decent as well. We have seen that it can catch passes if needs be. Um, so, yeah. I do really love this spot, despite not loving the player. Yeah, I think I I, I want to go and have a you know a long walk and a, a talk with myself and and really think about what I'm doing with David Montgomery. It, I can't decide if if it's just take lock because I'm a big DeAndre Swift believer and I, I'm not a fan of David Montgomery. I think he's just basically a ham and egger, and I think he's nothing offers nothing more than is what is created for him as a running back. But I don't know if I'm being too harsh and I don't know if I'm just kind of, as I said, have got take lock and I need to really have a think to myself. Because I watch David Montgomery and I literally see a guy that will get everything that is blocked for him. And there, don't get me wrong, that is a really impressive trait. You know, Frank Gore made an incredible career out of getting what was yeah. blocked for him. But he doesn't create 
anything more. He is literally a three yards in a cloud of dust type of runner. And I just think that I want, I always want more from him. And I think yeah. that this Lions offense, we're all hoping it's going to be really exciting. We're all hoping it's going to be impressive. But I still think when it comes down to it, it's it's probably going to regress as an offense overall next year. And I think there's going to be times when they're going to need playmakers. And I think that's DeAndre Swift. And I think that, yeah, David Montgomery can have all the first and second down carries. He can probably even get the red zone carries. But DeAndre Swift is 100% the guy I want to own in this. And I think that for me, I'm using this as a sell window for David Montgomery and an absolute buy window for DeAndre Swift because I've seen the DeAndre Swift price and trades that have been going around. Like you can get DeAndre Swift for seconds in some leagues. Like I've seen him go for a mid second was one question I got asked in the Discord the other day. Like if you can get DeAndre Swift for a single second, that is a smash. Um, but I, 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 before I sort of say this, I, as I said, I need to have a think because I just can't get it. But that might just be me just having take lock. So moving on to the other guys, obviously. A few names on the screen there, Jamal Williams, Rashad Penny, anybody that you love, anybody that particularly stands out for you? I mean, I'm a Philly guy, so I think Rashad Penny stands out, but maybe not for the right reasons. I think, obviously, there's going to be a lot made of the elite situation is coming to um, the as a runner, as a rusher, when he's on the field, he's fantastic in terms of what he does. Big concerns are the age, the injuries, uh, people overvaluing the situation. That they're assuming it's going to be his backfield. I still expect the Eagles to add further weapons at running back in a loaded draft class. Even if it's a day three guy, I still think there's talent there to take touches away from Penny. Um, I think the Eagles will be playing from behind a lot more this season as well they've got a well, I think the toughest schedule shed, um schedule scheduled toughest schedule coming for for this season um so yeah I think it's not going to be uh, like a lot of Miles Sanders touches and production was on the back of game script so I can't really see it with Penny he's a, a decent pass catcher as well but I think they're really specific in sort of who they want to have the touches I imagine um Kenneth Gamewell is going to be utilized a lot like he was towards the end of this year as well so i think penny it's a it's a sell window for me for penny the age is the first thing that, and just moving off the situation as well yeah i think look, i i loved penny four weeks ago i i was i had a few conversations on on this very platform saying that i thought penny was a great buy because i thought a contender was going to go out with him i was dreaming up him going to the chiefs Okay, I got that wrong. He's gone to the Eagles. But I thought the talent was there. Every time he's on the field, he has been incredible, both from an NFL perspective, but also a fantasy perspective. And I thought that he was going to be a player that was going to blow up in terms of his dynasty value. But the reaction that since he signed with the Eagles has been absolutely mind-blowing, okay? Yes, he is incredibly talented. Yes, he has produced super well when he's been on the field. But that's a big point when he's been on the field. You look at the contract, one year, 1.35 million. It's actually a one year, 1.08 million, which is the minimum. He has signed for the veterans minimum and can earn a little bit extra money if he's on the roster for every game. He's only got $600,000 guaranteed. That is a contract of a guy that could get cut in camp. Yeah, 100%. Okay. I really, really want Rashad Penny to be good because... I loved him coming out. He was an elite prospect. He shows really well in my model. I think for a guy that has had the amount of injuries and the career that he has, I want him to do well. But if you are able to sell him for a second round pick right now, that is an absolute must because anybody banking on a guy that we're now in his sixth year in the league, and I don't think he's had a stretch of more than, I may be wrong, but like four games where he's been healthy. Yeah. It feels like that. <laughs> yeah, like like you've you've got to take that. I'm, um, you know, yes. Let's let's all pray that Rashad Penny stays healthy and is an absolute fantasy superstar. But I've had conversations with people where they've gone, "Do you think Rashad Penny's going to be a top twelve running back this year?" <laughs> like, wow. Let's, let's just look at the track record. If Rashad Penny's a top fifty running back this year, 
I'd be shocked because that he's I just can't believe I can't buy into the fact he's going to stay healthy so yeah I I 100% agree with you Kev I think it's a fantastic point and I think it's definitely a sell window because the the, the prices the the conversations are are crazy um and yeah I'd give give me any second round pick for that I a, a, a couple that I'm going to throw them both in together because they signed for the same team. Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostert. Look, basically Miami have said, we we don't care about running back value. Everybody keeps talking about we're going to go out and sign Saquon or, you know, draft Bijan. And they're just saying, nope, give us the cheap, rubbish San Francisco running backs that have done it time and time again. And we're going to get great production from them. They've doubled down. They've brought back Jeff Wilson. They've brought back Raheem Mostert. People don't want them. Like these are two running backs that have produced when they've been on the field. You know, Jeff Wilson has been top 20, top 30 in points per game whenever he's been on the field. And you can basically get him for free. So yes, I'm I'm a Jeff Wilson believer. I have got far too many Jeff Wilson shares, but I think this is incredible for for him moving forward because that's not just nothing in terms of the contract that they've given him. They've given him some decent money. And I don't think Miami is going to add anybody to that backfield. You know, they've got Wilson. They've got Mostert. They brought back Salvin Ahmed. They even brought back Miles Gaskin. Like, I can't see them adding anybody else into that room. I think they're just going to roll forward with what they got. And if you can get Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert for what? I bought Jeff Wilson for two-thirds today. I think that's really sensible because, yeah, they're probably both going to get injured at some point. They'll probably only give you seven, eight games of production. But during those seven, eight games of production, you can guarantee that you're going to be comfortable putting them in your flex. Am I I mad, Kev? Do you agree? I think this is your typical 49ers of the East, is it really? You just know that it won't be worn back all season. You know that both most and Wilson have been sort of guys that get injured and... What what's to say that one of these doesn't get injured and then let's say the other one blasts off and has a eight a six to eight game stretch where they're I don't know putting up high running back two numbers it wouldn't shock me to, to see that in an offense that's got a ton of talent um, especially um, sort of wide receiver wise and um, obviously it's lost Gasicki as well so there's something potentially there out the backfield but but yeah forty paying you're going to be getting spot starts. It's whether you do it now or if you maybe take a little bit less risk and be willing to pay um, a third or a couple of thirds in season when you when you know when you've got a bit more credit. But yeah, let's say one of them goes down in season, you pay more than two thirds out to get them. Yeah, exactly that. And Jeff, I mean, Jeff Wilson was a, a top twenty-four running back in eight games last year. Like that's 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 really decent. That's not yeah. pretend. I also think, just a quick mention, Jamal Williams, Samar J.P. Ryan, I think both of them are going to have a period of time where they're the starting running back. I think Javonte Williams, we've got rumours that he's not going to be fit for the start of the season. Obviously, everybody knows the Alvin Kamara situation. There's potentially suspension there. Both of those guys are probably going to have a stretch, whether it be four games or it be six games, where they are in the RB2 conversations. I think that in Dynasty... It might be worth sniffing around those guys because I think they're both going to be pretty cheap. Yeah, it's just this. It's what you preach all the time about sort of having running backs loaded on your bench, spot starters, paying picks in season, like third rounders, fourth rounders to get the spot players. And I think these are guys that if you're rostering them, there is going to be times when you can play them, when you know to play them as well. That's a big thing that when Jamal Williams is a starter, he's playing. If when Kamara's in, he's probably not playing. It's simple as that. Yeah, exactly that. Before, whilst you're here, guys, make sure you like and subscribe. But also, very important, we are approaching 500 subscribers. So if you can, subscribe on YouTube, leave a comment, and then DM us a screenshot of that comment, you'll be entered into our 500 subscriber giveaway. We are giving away 11 lucky subscribers will win an entry into a cash best ball league with myself and Tom. One subscriber will co-draft an FFPC best ball team with Tom and five subscribers will receive a copy of my 2023 rookie guide. We're on 2.0. There will be a third version that will be released after the draft. It's currently about 140 pages. I'm a little bit scared that it's going to grow even further. So make sure you like, subscribe, DM us a comment on that video and you will enter 
for a chance to win one of those amazing prizes. We're going to dive straight into wide receivers now, Kev. The big name coming into free agency was Jacoby Myers. Was he going to blow the bank? Was he going to get the Christian Kirk deal? I was really disappointed with the money that he managed yeah. to demand. He only got 3.3 years, 33 million. There is the, the Raiders do this time and time again. After this season, there is only 3.6 million guaranteed. Do you think it's a buy low? Do you think it's a sell high? What do you, what do you think about Jacoby Myers in, in Las Vegas? I just think it was a really disappointing landing spot. When you think of all the teams out there could have gone to, um, personally, I would would have liked him to go somewhere like Houston, where I think he could have remained as the as the main man in, in, in that offence. I think I wasn't a big fan of it in terms of moving to be sort of Devontae Adams as scraps is what he's going to be getting in 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 vegas with with a jimmy g at qb i think actually jimmy g is not a bad fit for him he's similar to matt jones in in the sense of sort of the short and intermediate the the plays in the middle of the field etc and the contract has me worried a little in terms of it could be one year and done if he doesn't perform and i I was shocked as well like yourself i think i wasn't expecting to get a christian kirk type deal because um that that was a big deal and we've got to remember Myers is an undrafted free agent so I think that does stick with you no matter unless you're performing like an absolute superstar it's going to stick with you I think just looking at Kirk and Myers Myers actually outperformed him in fantasy over the two seasons prior to free agency if you're looking at him sort of two years by two years so yeah I, I was I would have been expecting more money on the table for for him it is great that Waller got traded maybe Renfro's next as you've as it as it shows but yeah I think there's a lot better landing spots out there I think I would be trying to sell him if I can in certain spots because um yeah he's going to the top 50 wide receiver I think there's lots of decent pivots around him and going lower than him in in stabs which I guess in my eyes have more upside that's the the issue I've got yeah absolutely I think he's it's an uninspiring landing spot, isn't it? And the contract yeah. just just doesn't doesn't add anything to it. I think, you know, he was he was an efficiency stud last year in terms of yards per route run, targets per route run, and you were thinking if he goes into a bigger role, a more high powered offense with, you know, potentially a pass first mentality, he could really step up and be someone that that can be a you know a sneaky buy and someone that can really produce fancy. But as you said, I don't think it's going to be a particularly high powered pass first offense he's going to be lined up opposite Devontae Adams yes they've got rid of Darren Waller yes Hunter Renfro could potentially be traded next but I still don't see that kind of 120 130 target potential that that it could have been and I just think that he, he's just it's just really disappointing because it's I just look at him and think what what could have been I mean for me you said he's going top 50 he's he's my wide receiver 51 as we speak right now. So yeah, he's, he's just outside my top 50 and it's just, it's a guy that I was really hopeful for halfway through the season last year and, and really excited because those efficiency numbers and those advanced stats were fantastic. And then he had a little bit of a down finish to the season and, and it just is, feels like a bit of a kick in the teeth, just what could have been and, and basically what hasn't turned out to be. Such a shame, isn't it? It's, it's funny as well that, the, uh, the Patriots gave sort of a very similar deal to another guy that's on our screen now. So it shows you what their thoughts are in terms of sort of the player. Yeah, I mean, I I don't get it from the Patriots standpoint. I, I get they're slightly different in profile. So for those who don't know, we're talking about Juju Smith-Schuster. He's a bigger body. He's a guy that will be able to play a very similar role in terms of Jacoby Myers ran out the slot 70% of the time, I think Juju's going to step in and, and do a very similar thing for the Patriots. But Juju is a bigger body and a better blocker and will probably be a better asset. But I think in terms of a wide receiver, I'd rather Jacoby Myers over over Juju, quite frankly. And I think that he is a downgrade for the Patriots for basically the same money. And yeah, I mean, I, I'm not excited about Juju in the landing spot. I, I, I don't quite get what the Patriots are doing. It feels like if they go and trade for DeAndre Hopkins or Jerry Judy, it all makes a little bit more sense. But at the moment, it feels like it's missing a piece. So, yeah, I mean, do, do you think he's a good 
opportunity for, for Juju moving forward? I mean, if we're going on the Patriots track record of wide receivers, then <laughs> it's it's bad sign for Juju as it is time to sell. Um yeah, I think you can you can paint a pitch cat is going from Mahomes to Mac Jones. Um sort of pass volume's gonna decrease a hell of a lot. So it's it's hard to get too excited about the the Juju move. I think touchdown wise, he had such a low proportion of Mahomes' 40, 50 touchdowns. You'd like to think that would swing back the other way based on what he'd done in his previous years, but we know he does command target volume wherever he's wherever he's been. It's just people in the community they'll see sort of the patriots have signed in they'll see that juju actually despite the move to, to kansas his his value didn't really spike as as i would have expected with that sort of name value going to a situation which we've seen it before guys like mccall harman everyone goes wild for because signing this spot we saw it with uh, justin ross as well whenever anyone lands on the the chiefs People get crazy, but it didn't happen with Juju, so I can't imagine there'll be a massive market for him anyway, especially with this move. Depending on how low he drops, there's potential to get interested again, but it's just one of those it's one of those guys where I just can't see a ceiling anymore for him. So I'm I'm kind of out at where he's going. I think there's better alternatives for for ceiling at that point to really make a, a mark in your dynasty leagues. Feels like a safe, boring flex play, yeah. Yeah. and I agree with you. At this at this point in the draft, at this point where he's going, I'd rather be taking somebody that's you know got a little bit more upside, got a little bit more potential to to put up some big points because it just yeah, I think that Patriots offense is going to take a step forward with Bill O'Brien calling plays, but I as I said, I think there's another piece, another shoe to drop adding into the mix, and I just don't know if I can get excited about Juju. Is there anyone, we've got a few other guys on the list, you've got some some big money splash for Alan Lazard, you've got some perhaps sneaky under-the-radar signings of Paris Campbell, Deontay Harty, even Robert Woods. Is there anyone there that you particularly love, Kev, that you think could be a, a sneaky boy? Wow, it's a, it's a tough tough list, this, isn't it? Um... I mean, I've been a huge Adam Thielen fan uh, over the years. I think he is on his last legs in my eyes. He's going from sort of Kirk Cousins' offense opposite um, uh, an, an elite generational wide receiver, which probably makes the coverage really favorable for him. So it's hard to get excited about Thielen. Um, I think, yeah, Lazard, again, he's, he's going to an offense with a potential superstar wide receiver there. So... Again, hard to get excited. I like how you've put Deontay Harty on there because he's always been one of your um, your key crushes. He still is. He still Paris is. Campbell's I still believe. <laughs> and Paris Campbell, he's, he's sort of been a hype man for many years. So it's it's not a, a super appealing uh, wide receiver car for the, for the rest of these guys. I'd personally rather take a punt on a wide receiver in the draft because it's a, it's a lottery ticket. It's likely not going to hit, but... Um, yeah, I think there's for this range of wide receiver, I'd potentially re-roll again and hopefully hit in the draft. Yeah, exactly. That. I mean, for me, I'd, I, I've said a few times, I don't particularly like rostering receivers outside the yeah. kind of top 40. That's normally about my cutoff because I think that that's the point at which... They, they just become the kind of, yeah, pretty much. It's not a guy that I'm comfortable starting on a week to week basis. So I'd rather take a punt on somebody else. So yeah, a lot of these guys fall into that, you know, whether it's Jacob Myers, Juju, you know, Alan Zard, I think, yeah, we, we could talk up the potential connection with Rogers. He's going to get, you know, some, some great red zone targets, but I think let's be honest, the reason he's been signed is because he's a bigger bodied receiver to go with the two, little Jets receivers and I think he's going to be used more for his blocking than potentially his receiving. Adam Thielen, Robert Woods, I just don't buy there's anything left in, in the tank really. I think those guys have been signed to be veterans and, and you know, good leaders in the, the the meeting room, less so fantasy superstars. Paris Campbell, I believe it when he stays on the field, quite frankly. Deontay Harty, look, I I believe in Deontay Harty. This, this, the advanced numbers two years ago were absolutely mind-blowing. If you looked at any advanced stat in 2021, it was basically 
uh, the top 10 were all superstars and then Deontay Harty was just in there. I think I'm really interested to see how the Bills are going to use him. No, I don't think he's a player that you should go out and trade for. If you can get him off your waiver wire, go for it. I don't think he's going to get the volume to be a fa- reliable fantasy option, but I think he's a player that we're going to hear from this year. And yeah, if you're maybe in a dynasty best ball league and you know, you've got some deep rosters, maybe Deontay Harty's a guy to, to add because I think he's going to have two or three games where he catches, you know, two catches for eight yards and a touchdown or something like that. Like there's going to be some opportunity for him to get deep and, uh, and catch some balls. Yeah. And the thing is like people have been playing Isaiah McKenzie in lineups in certain leagues this season and in spells, he did pretty decent. So yeah, Deontay Hart is someone that's going to be interesting to, to Ross, but it's going to be one of them. When do you start him? So, like I said, best ball is probably the best place for him. Yeah, I feel that. So, we're going to dive across now. The final position, tight end. It felt like a bit of a wasteland. I felt a little bit like a fraud chucking these names in, but let's let's give them their due. Is there anyone that you're excited about that's got a new landing spot in terms of the free agent tight ends? I mean, before free agency, it was Mike Kosicki. I really wanted him to land in a spot where he was going to be used as a slot wide receiver. I can't see that happening now, so we're not going to talk about him in, in that in that respect. But out of the list, Hayden Hurst is a guy. Obviously, he's got the, the biggest deal on there, but just going back to sort of that offense in Carolina, it's wide open for, for targets. Um, obviously, there's get off the tennis marshal there there's feeling potentially a dj chak is the rumor as well uh, but yeah i think there's plenty of targets available for him there i think the fact that frank reich has had a history with sort of favoring tight end or um sort of scheming tight end whether it's been at his time in philly in india etc so yeah i think he's he's one that stands out for me as a winner off that list but a little bit like wide receiver it's it's not a great list, is it? No, 100%. I think, yeah, I, I like Hayden Hurst. I think it's a great landing spot for what you said. They've, you know, there's a lot of targets that need to get filled at some point. Who, who's going to catch the ball, basically? I just don't believe that he's great at anything. I think if you were, you know, if you were to grade every aspect of being a tight end, Hayden, Hur- Hayden Hurst is like good at everything, but great at nothing. And I think that from a you know buying into him long term that's a guy that i want no part of but if if he's gonna be potentially one of the better targets in that offense and he could have a you know fringe tight end one season this year yeah I'm, I'm happy to go and take a punt on him this year and and maybe try and buy him cheap and and sell him once he does start producing but i don't think he's going to be a player i want probably next year or the year beyond and you know it, it just feels a bit uninspiring Mike Kaziki look I I declared myself out on Mike Kaziki last year and I've, I've I've not changed that tune I think I don't get what the Patriots are doing in terms of the offense we're talking about how Juju's a big bodied slot receiver well that's that's what Mike Kaziki is except Mike Kaziki can't block whereas Juju can I can't see a world where you've got Juju and Mike Kaziki on the field consistently. So does that mean we're going to have, you know, four wide receiver sets with Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne outside, Mike Kaziki, Juju, Bill O'Brien spreading it out? I I don't see it personally. And I think, yeah, I'd be shocked if Mike Kaziki was fantasy relevant again this year. I think that he's probably going to be a roster clogger as you know josh oliver fair play to him going getting that contract but he's Amazing. not relevant fantasies you know elite blocker but not relevant robert tonyan don't care hayden hurst maybe i just think tight ends particularly are pretty boring and uninspiring and this free agent tight end glass is is horrific um let's let's hope for the rookies which which looks pretty exciting yeah, I think Hayden Hurst, when he was describing him, it, it sounded like a bit of a bit of um, a description of Dalton Schultz. So maybe that's the, the path that he's going down. Yeah, absolutely. And and Dalton Schultz, we, we, we didn't get a chance to add him in here. Obviously, he, he signed with the Texans. It's, it, you basically copy and paste everything I said about yeah. Hayden Hurst. But I think Dalton Schultz may be a little bit better, maybe a little bit better of a landing spot. I think he's 
he'll be used in some more interesting ways. Um, do you think that Dalton Schultz could be again that top six tight end this season? I think I think it's opening up a cell window for Schultz. I think a lot of his appeal was the fact that he was free off waivers, the fact that he's in Dallas in um tied to Dak in an offense that was sort of missing anything major behind C D Lamb. So yeah, I think try and sell him off the back of opportunity and it might have been worth waiting till they get the rookie QB in there, whichever one they decides to draft that might bump his value even higher. But yeah, short window firmly open for me. Yeah, I think if you can get an early second in a Titan Premium League, that's you know, that's a smash. I think if you can get a second in a non Titan Premium League, I think I'd be accepting that. I think I probably wouldn't accept anything less. I think he's going to be competent, but the history of free agent tight ends is abysmal. They basically never produce. The history of receiving weapons with rookie quarterbacks isn't good. So, yeah, holding out hope for Hayden Hurst and Dalton Schultz may be a fool's errand at this point in time. And that brings us to an end, Kev. Thank you ever so much time. It's been amazing chatting with you. Before everybody leaves, remind everyone, where, where can they find you? Where can they find your fantastic work? Yeah, I mean, thanks for having us on, Rich. It's been a pleasure as always. Uh, it's great chatting to you about Dynasty. Obviously, we are heroes and legends at DLF now. Um, but you can follow me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore go. I co-host the wildcard dynasty show at fantasy wildcard at wildcard dynasty um yeah just really appreciate having me on um it's been great to catch up talk dynasty and review free agents with you awesome thank you very much and don't forget like and subscribe and there'll be more content coming your way <laughs>